Welcome to the Adonis Index Podcast. I'm John Barber, and with me is Michael DeGood. He placed sixth in our last contest. Check his pictures out at adonisindex.com if you're not there right now. Um, so your after pictures are what I would consider physique competition ready. Um, so for people, wow. for people who see Michael's pictures, um, it's it's clear there's a degree of musculature on your body to begin with, but it's like you, you really... You brought it to get like I think I think you could present that at a competition for sure, um, and like off air we were just talking that you might even look into that. Um, so yeah, so well, okay, so let's get so this is interesting. Talking to people like you is interesting. Listen to me, people like you. So when I say that, <laughs> I'm talking about okay. So people don't know this yet, but you you're a fitness professional. You you had your own studio. You train out of a gym. Like you train other people. So I'm always yeah. curious to get someone like yourself's take on when you get to train, not on your own system, but on mine. And I've I mentioned this in another podcast how nice it is to not have to think your way through your own workout, which I I hate that. I'd much rather train just following something on the page. And yeah, and unfortunately I can't do that with my own system because I built it. So I'm always critical of it, and I, it's like I know what's coming next because I made it. So right. And and you and I already talked how nice that is to not have to do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. You can you can sort of take somebody else's system and sort of, you know, run with it. And, you know, I'm always thinking in the back of my head, um, you know, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish here and what is it that I'm getting done or that I want to get done, you know, with the system, with the current system. And and um, when I stumbled upon um, Adonis Index, I um, I actually got on there through uh, Kyle Leon, I oh, believe yeah. it's Leon. Leon, yeah. Um, he he had did a um, interview with you, I believe, and um, and then he was talking about um, you know um, um, the the Fibonacci um, equation and and how that could pertain to um, you know aesthetics as far as the body is concerned, and and that's just a really interesting um, you know thought for me. Like, why is it that we go into the gym in the first place? You know, functionality and strength is one thing, but you know, let's face it, we want to look good naked, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's get right down to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when we start to get into consider what it is that people are looking for, it's then I started to look at my own body and I'm like, yeah, you know, I could use broader shoulders You know, I could use a, a, a slightly, you know, slimmer waist, so, you know, for my height and whatever. And so mm-hmm. I yeah, thought, like, yeah, like, I'm just gonna, Yeah. Like so looking at your pictures, you have a very muscular midsection. Yeah, I do. I'm thick. I'm thick through. I'm sort of barely through the the stomach, and and that's always been a struggle of mine. I also have this kind of a uh, deep um, dip in between my pecs, and so um, yeah, sometimes that works well for me. Other times, not so much because my I, I don't know. I can't believe I'm talking so detailed about my own body, but um, um, one my right side of my chest is shaped much differently than the left side. So from, and, and it's probably harder to see that in a picture, but for me in, in the mirror, you know, it's just like there's certain angles that I turn at and I kind of feel like I, I, you sort of see this concave, uh, you know, thing going on with my chest. And so it sort of brings out my midsection and makes it look slightly thicker because it kind of dips down mm-hmm. in the middle of my chest, you know? So mm-hmm. that's, that's something I've been continually struggling with and, and uh, and I did you know crunches to the cows come home and 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 worked my midsection and worked it and 
um, you know, luckily through uh, Adonis Index, I stumbled upon uh, Eat, Stop, Eat, and uh, read that through in like one sitting. I couldn't, I was just like completely compelled the whole time, and I started taking on uh, intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And I was eating like, uh, I would eat usually from 11 or 10 in the morning, and then I would stop eating at about six or seven, depending on when I could get my last meal and when I had clients or whatnot. And then I wouldn't eat for the rest of the day. And then I was doing Monday night. I would eat my last meal at seven and I wouldn't eat again until Tuesday night. And that was sort of my, my regimen. And, uh, I, I couldn't believe how quickly, and I, and I also quit drinking too. I should put that out there. That was one of the main things I think that really helped to accelerate my, uh, midsection getting swimmers. I, um, I also was um, bartending on the weekends. And so, um, drinking sort of became a, a sort of a um, lifestyle, I guess. For it's hard. Eh? When, you're, when you're in that industry, it's it's hard to not just have one after work or even during work. <clears throat> yeah, even even during. Sometimes you just hit the wrong time, wrong place, wrong person in front of you, and it's just like, I need a, a shot of whiskey right now. Yeah, well, or, either I'm from gonna... a bad standpoint or uh, someone buys you a drink and you, it's fun to right. have one with them. Yeah, I used to be a long time ago in that industry, too. It was. It's just that if there's booze everywhere it's really hard to not have some with everyone yeah and that, and at the same time if you deny yourself alcohol you you, you say like I, i'm abstaining or whatever and people kind of look at you like something's wrong with you, you know? yeah, what's wrong with that, you why aren't why aren't you drinking that's so odd it's one of the anomalies in it's one of the two things i find that is just so so like it's not it's not i don't think it's appropriate at all socially two things for anyone to comment on what's healthy for you, so someone to look right. at you saying, "Oh, you shouldn't eat that," or "You shouldn't do that," it, it, even though they're not a qualified health professional, they just they're, they're opining about anything about your body. It's like, no, f you. It's like you you stick with what you think's healthy for yourself, and I'll deal with myself. Yeah. So that's one exactly. thing. I don't. That's just ridiculous that people feel it necessary to voice their opinion. And then secondly, or to feel that it's appropriate or that anyone even wants their opinion. Um, and then secondly, the fact that like you adults will act like children in when it comes to booze, pressuring people to drink. And it's almost like it never goes away. Like to this day, yeah. every single time I go for a family dinner at my mother's, my father-in-law or whatever you call my mother's husband, Every yeah. single time offers me a drink, and every single time I say no, and every single time he looks at me, he's like, "Really? Are you sure?" And I'm like, "It's yeah." Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, 15 years later, he still he still doesn't get it. Oh my he God. still doesn't get yeah. my answer is going to be no. And I and yeah. I'm like, it, but for him, it's like you don't have steak without wine. You don't like. It's just he doesn't get it. He's like, "Well, you're just why even bother eating if you don't have the wine with it, right?" So I, I, I kind of <laughs> right. get where he's coming from. But it's yeah. it, booze is different, right? It's not like offering somebody a glass of water. Like, yeah, you offer somebody something to drink, but you don't force booze on them. Yeah, it's right. one of those weird social conventions that I, I just. I it thought, is at the bar. There were there were several times where, um, you know, somebody would be trying to force another drink. You know, a couple or whatever friends, and oh, we're having around. Oh, I'm good. I'm having no, no, no. You're having another. He's having another. And they would look to me like I'm going to bully this person into drinking. Yeah. And I would tell, tell them straight up, I'm not giving this person a drink if they don't want one. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, they want one. They want one. I'm like, no, let me let me ask them if they want one. Right. Yeah. You know, it, that just drove me completely up the wall. Or, yeah. you know, you get to the point where it's just gotten a little out of hand and people aren't going to be told no. So then I would line up shots and then one shot would just be water. Yeah. You yeah. know? 
yeah. and a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you're okay, don't worry about it kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't understand the, our fascination um, with with alcohol and this sort of need to, to consume and and uh, if you're not, you're sort of ostracized for your, you know. Well, so I think I've got a theory on it. Maybe, maybe this will resonate. I think it's because they feel awkward partaking in what uh, is otherwise uh, essentially uh, an altered state of mind. It's a drug that's going to have some altered state of mind. So they don't want to be the only one doing it. You know, they want you to be included. And, right. And somewhere along the line they lose the fact that if nine out of 10 people are doing it, you've got more than enough company. You don't need the 10th person doing it with you, but somehow they feel like everyone's got to be in on it. Otherwise they feel it's almost like if I'm doing something wrong, everyone with me needs to be doing something wrong with me. Everyone has to be in on it. Right. Yeah. I would tell people, you know, they would go, you know, you're not drinking. Yeah. What's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm fine. I think there's something wrong with you. Why do you feel the need to have to drink? Yeah. I feel like I don't need to drink. Therefore, I feel like I've, I'm doing a lot better than somebody that finds the need to drink. So if anything, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm great, in fact. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to feel even better. Yeah, and I do. You know? Yeah, and it does come down to that. Can you really not enjoy yourself without booze? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I have to admit, um, on, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, when I go out, with my girl or, you know, we're sitting at a bar and, you know, she has a glass of wine or something like that. I do miss it every now and then. And I do give myself, um, you know, three times a year where I do, you know, have a couple of drinks or whatever, but it just, it just, I'm just so prone to getting drunk. And when I do, I get, I get a little surly, I, I, you know, happen, you know, I'm, I'm the first one to tell somebody what I really think. And then, and then I wake up and the next morning I just feel horrible and, and it, the hangover just lasts way too long. So I just like, I, it didn't serve me. So I'm like, it doesn't serve me. I don't, I don't need to deal with it. Yeah, so, that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, so getting back to um, what we were talking about, about doing somebody else's program. Um, when I, uh, when I first bought um, the Adonis index, I only had the uh, module three mm. to work from. So I worked through um, the entire um, module um, for the test, and I believe for the, I mean for the um, transformation contest, and I believe um, the the twelve weeks, I believe it was twelve weeks that I um, um, worked for the transformation contest. I was in the hypertrophy phase mm-hmm. of the, which I thought was a, a good phase to be in, um, especially for the um, for the um, pictures. But um, yeah, I I just um, I was really into the the idea of building up literally my shoulders and my back, which um, and you know traps and the rhomboids because that was the one part of my physique that I felt was always lacking. I kind of have that pear you know shape where I get thick in the midsection and then sort of thin throughout the um, the shoulders. And I've always had um, you know kind of big arms because they always you know you got to get the guns. Mm. You know, but but they kind of always made my shoulders look smaller. And, and people and don't think about that. I know. Yeah, you know? I know. You you were you guys were the first ones that made me really think about shoulders. And I was actually talking to my girlfriend about it because you guys really it opened my eyes to a lot of um, uh, you know um, parts of the body that will pop out other parts of the body and like oh because I was like yeah the shoulders are going to make your arms look bigger, even if they're smaller. 
But if you have big, thick arms and then your shoulders are, are decent, they're going to make your shoulders look smaller. Which and, takes uh, away from your overall uh, aesthetic. Right, which takes away from the overall aesthetic. And I'm, and, and I'm like, well, let's look at like Brad Pitt and Fight Club. You know, what's the first thing you think about? Oh, well, the abs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, not me. I think of the shoulders, the mm-hmm. first thing, because that gave him that, that V shape, mm-hmm. which made the abs even that much more prominent. And we were, you know, and then we took out the picture and you look at it, you're like, it is, look at the shoulders. They're, you know, they're round, they pop out and they do give you that nice V, uh, V shaped torso. I mean, obviously he was carrying probably about, you know, 8% body fat for that, but still, um, the shoulders are, are really well pronounced and it, it, it and it adds to all of the aesthetics. So that was, that was the, um, the key to sort of get me to go, like, I really want to take on this, um, 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 protocol and, and get through the whole thing. And, um, and I still, um, now that, now that I have the, uh, I didn't take the cash. I took the, uh, the immersion. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm doing the, um, um, category three now and, uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's doing good. Yeah. And that, so I'm, yeah, I'm glad for that. And so now you've got, like you said, you've got immersion, so you can go a year into us if you want. It's uh, your call. Yeah. Like, do you feel like you'd want to do that? Like, you know, Okay, from a fitness professional to another, I guess. Uh-huh. Were you skeptical, like, or were you just like, sure, right, absolutely, let's just, yeah, yeah? Everybody's trying to sell you something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I know you guys come from the uh, supplement background, and so you know you're you're into you know marketing and you know getting it out there and, and kind of overselling or or um, you know you got it. You got you got to be as, you got to be as grandiose at the beginning as possible, no matter yeah. what it is, because no one no one listens anymore, right? So. Right, right. So yeah, I was incredibly skeptical, and that's why I only bought uh, you know the module three and the e-stop e to start because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a little walk through this and and see, and uh, and I started seeing some results pretty quickly. Um, I I was uh, there was a couple of exercises I did change, only because I I just um, they just didn't make any sense. To me, I, mean, I don't. I don't mean to badmouth your program because I, I stand by it, obviously. But um, there were a couple of exercises that I that I modified. Oh yeah, that's that's totally normal. Like, the, yeah, yeah, especially for someone like yourself who can like make the logical be like, oh, I know what you're trying. Like, you probably knew what I was trying yeah. to do and fit one in that yeah. you know works better for your body, right? Yeah, pretty much. That yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, and now I've started to add in um for my own um benefit, and plus because. I built up this strength foundation, and now I want to convert it into power. So I've started to add in some Olympic lifts. Mm. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's some place you guys might want to consider. You know, I, I know you don't want to become like a CrossFit or something like that, but um, there is a lot of um, great benefits to be had, and it's a great plateau buster to um, to throw in like some cleans or some some jerks. You know, um, snatches. The only, the only reason I'm skeptical of I won't put that in a program is because yeah. That's so heavily dependent on correct form. And yeah, like, that's true. Uh, you know, I could write that for someone like yourself who'd be like, yeah, I can do right. that. But most people yeah. can't execute those lifts properly. And and or to teach them, they need someone in person teaching them. And I'm clearly we're a digital business, so I can't teach anyone that. And as good as a video can be, it's still not the same as having it. You know how it works. like. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, Absolutely. So, so that's the, actually that's the, that's the only reason I leave those ones out. Like all the all the yeah. ballistic, highly technical, like the high pull is the, as close as I'll get to an Olympic, even yeah, approaching yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but, the high and squat and press, I guess, could be uh, somewhat of a clean and and press something like that. But yeah, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, 
It's and I've just yeah, seen too many people like hurt. I've seen too many people attempt that and and I mean I see the trainers in our gym they don't know what they're doing and they're trying to they'll take a weekend course in Olympic lifting and think that they can do yeah it. I know you know and then you see them training like some middle aged woman who's sixty pounds overweight and trying to teach her to clean and pre- I'm like what are you doing. Like, what are you doing? You're gonna, this, <laughs> exactly. you're gonna send her to the hospital with a broken leg. Uh, like, are you gonna put her off a of training for the rest of her life? Ex- yeah, exactly. It's terrible. Exactly. So I was just talking to Rebecca today. I'm seeing some people at trainers that are now flipping over BOSU balls and having people do um, weight training on top of a BOSU ball, mm-hmm. like on the you know it's on the platform edge of it, but it's still it's an unstable base. And I mean, we know that you strength train you get the results from a stable base, a uh, floor. I mean, you don't go straight train on a trampoline, you know? No, it's just, and, it's uh, just so gimmicky and dangerous. I that, that's just dangerous. And dangerous, not to mention dangerous. I mean, what happens if you fall slightly off balance while you're doing a, a, a guy today was doing a dumbbell upright row. And it's like, what happens if you fall? And he also had a shoulder injury. It's like if you fall slightly off balance and in the middle of a row, and then you're trying to catch yourself as you're pulling your elbows up, you know, it's like it's just it's just insane to even even think about that. Yeah, training on a Bosu ball it, to me is um, is that's how I would design a research study to produce an injury. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Was, how can we throw another obstacle into this to hurt yeah, yourself? Yeah. For anyone for listening, five. never, never train never on a BOSU ball, ever. Train on stand, a BOSU ball. Stand with both feet firmly planted on, yeah, on the ground. Solid please. ground. No, solid ground. I mean, there are yeah. there are good rehabilitative and, and balance stability exercises you can do with no weights or even little bit of weights. But as far as full-on overhead presses off of a BOSU ball, and they say it's because you're going to engage your core – and work your core at the same time, but that's I mean, a, as, as we know, lie. if you're yeah, and if you're doing an overhead press correctly, you're working your core anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason to put yourself on an unstable platform. No, and an unstable platform. Place. We already know from research. A buddy of mine did a bunch of research on this. It, it, those type of unstable platforms convert the entire. So the only other thing you're engaging is is at the ankle. And maybe at the maybe a little bit at the hip, but and it's it's nothing to do with core. It's just all nonsense. Not yeah. and balance. It's not going to translate. It's not like if I don't go, you know, work on the on the Bosu ball. You know, when I get to be seventy, eighty years old, I'm going to be falling down because I have no sense of balance. And it's it's just, it doesn't translate into functionality. It's it's just complete. It's gimmicky, like you said. Yeah. And, and you said you said the only the only real value is rehab. If you really do have like right. a compromised ankle or something, then there and there, there's very specific protocols you do. You don't just jump on there and just do it do a workout. But right. um but we're definitely straying here. Let's get back to your stuff. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're getting off on a on a tangent. Yep. Um, um so yeah, um I did have a. I wanted to ask you a question, and I hope it's not uh, too personal. Mm, mm, um, but I guess not because you you put your your um, your bio there, so I'm sure you're like, hey, this is what I did. Yeah. Um, so um, as far as your steroid use mm-hmm. early on in your um, lifting, and you got to what 275 or 280 something no, like no, that. No, that you was the, that was the goal. I didn't quite get there. Oh, oh okay, yeah. okay. Um, but your shoulders are. Um, impressive, mm. to say the least. And I believe they're one of the... Um, that Seeing your shoulders is one of the things that sort of sold me on the program. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that. those are... There's like freaking bowling balls that you've got there. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I, like, I'm, just, I'm just not as... It's just real good pictures. 
If you saw me in a t-shirt, <laughs> if you saw me in a t-shirt, you'd be like, "Wait a minute, where's the guy? Where's the guy from the?" Where, where are those massive uh, yeah. round shoulders? But I, I guess my question was because you had said that you um, did um, your your fair share of um, you know um, testosterone, synthetic testosterone, whatever you did, yeah, yeah, um, steroids, steroids, yeah. and um, and you did you know gain some muscle, but you ate like crazy and you know ended up getting a little fat mm. well not fat but you put on some extra no, body, you, yeah body fat's fat. a totally fair way of saying it that with that one picture you had was just like wow now did you you said when you got off of the steroids that you basically lost every bit of muscle that you had acquired well and i was wondering like did you did did your shoulders form and then did you retain a little bit of those that that form from from that previous drug use, or or is that just a purely uh, a natural thing, or like you said, is that just just you know good lighting and post workout, right after workout type thing? Well, yeah, and that is the this is such a good question, and how do we ever test it? What do I do? Go back and relive my life? Without, I know, and that's the problem. I like I can't, I can't ever give you the definitive answer. Now, some people, some people want to believe there's residual gain. Um, right, and there may be, there may be. I mean, we right. can't say there, we can't say definitively there isn't. So then, so then, right. how do how do we determine that? Do we go back and look at my body weight for my height for my ratios? It's not all that. Like I'm not overly bigger than anyone else. Like I don't think I'm bigger than anyone at my height. I'm, I'm six foot tall. The the pictures that you would see, you know, there's all kinds of different pictures of me. But on our sites, I'm, and I'm sure some of the pictures you're referring to, you know, I'm mid 180s. Like I'm not huge for six uh, foot you know yeah. i'm not like overly huge for six foot tall um my numbers are just golden nothing nothing bigger than that like i know guys bigger yeah. than that so they're not you know my arms are only 16 and a half ish which isn't which isn't groundbreaking you know like nothing about my size is overwhelming so i i, I don't know but like, that's kind of the the allure is that it isn't overwhelming it's 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 like it's that you know it's that because you've got you're looking for. I don't want to be overwhelmingly large, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm I'm five eight. I would look like you know, I would just look way too odd. Yeah. But um, but you know, my shoulders, um, my my golden ratio shoulders are forty nine. Yeah. And my shoulders as it is now are about forty five and a half. So we're talking like an extra inch and a half on both sides. And I'm just thinking like I don't know if I'll uh, I'll ever reach maybe well but it's not just shoulders right it's the whole chest shoulder back everything put together adds to that measurement right so as the entire area gets bigger right you know what i mean it's not once my my rhomboids and back all of that stuff and i was naturally had bigger traps to begin with which adds to that measurement and yeah there's one thing i could i can say is that i was a shoulder dominant bench presser so it seemed like most of the most of the the result from all of the pressing I did when I was younger seemed to hit shoulders more than chest. Like, Pilon's the reverse. His chest just grows and grows and grows in spite of his shoulders, whereas I'm the, I'm the other. All the pressing I did seemed to hit shoulders more than chest. So huh. maybe I ended, maybe just from anatomical structure, I kind of got more the years compounded of training, all the pressing just sort of was weighted more heavily to shoulder development than chest development. You see where I'm going with that? Like it's yeah, just, I do. And you multiply it out by 20 years later, yeah, my shoulders got more and more work Just because I, I literally could not get chest to take over on a bench press. And then I just ditched bench press altogether and moved to dumbbells and other things to try to force chest to get more of the 
more of the weight, but I was always a shoulder dominant presser. So that huh. could be part of it. Could be some residual. Yeah. Could be, and I guess just genetic, genetically have larger traps. At least I've never worked on them, and they've just been there. So huh. that well, might, lucky you. That yeah. Well, some people just have them, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like calves. Either some people have them, or some people don't. And I just happen to have. Yeah, I'm. I'm of the don't have yeah. them. I've been. I've been working. At, I've been doing the um, the pyramids. Mm. on on them and uh those things uh but i just think i'm just i'm just i'm lean i'm lean by nature and uh, there's just not much i'm going to be able to do to change that and yeah. luckily um you know adonis index and eat stop eat has kind of switched uh um you know clicked the over for me that you be lean like you said allow yourself to be light and that yeah. was something that uh really really uh, resonated with me because you know i i was like as a little guy you know, you want to be heavy, you know, bigger, better. And, and that automatically translates into more muscle, but your body is only going to process so much protein at one time. And just because you eat more, doesn't mean your body's going to utilize more. So that was a, a big lesson that, that I learned. So yeah. um, allowing myself to, to go lean was, was tough to do, but you know, I want to be you know, shirt off, not shirt on kind of guy. So well, you're after you go. here. So good. Like that's thanks, yeah. That's, Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm assuming you like them. I mean, that's the look right there. I I do, I do. I thought everybody's um, some of those guys. The the befores when you compare, like I think the guy, like the fifth place right above me, his before and after are like wow. Just, oh, Chris, just yeah, shocking. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, shockingly good. Yeah, it's but, really, it's really um, but, hard. Yeah. To, it's really hard to place everybody, and people always ask. I'm I like, can I, imagine. Like, I, I don't know. Imagine. Like, everyone's got a reason why they should have beat somebody. They don't. Yeah. No one says it. All the contest winners are super nice about like they. No one ever questions who plays. Well, where. you know, the, you know the work that goes in. I, I don't want your job. How many? How many people um, entered the contest? I'm curious. There's like set. There's like anywhere between seventy and eighty typically that put in a, a before. And then, oh, okay. and there's a standard attrition rate that we just noticed, yeah. and then probably a solid 25 get an get a final entry. And that's, oh, nice. That's about normal, which is you know we're yeah, in, we're in yeah. our tenth contest now, so that's typically the attrition rate. But but there's still like you know I hate that I have to leave people out. Like there's ten placings yeah, and like eleven, twelve, all thirteen all deserved. You know if I you know if I I could argue I could argue people in and out of those placings all day. Plus, everyone who placed, you know, like you said, Chris could have won. Some people would look at him and say, well, that's your winner, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. hard to tell. So I just sort of – I give it one – I don't – I try not to think over it twice, and I just kind of – Yeah. I just let it – I just let my – I was going to do a – I'm go sorry. Go ahead. I thought I was going to do a, a little bit more of um, sort of greasing up and, and type thing, but I thought, eh, I'm just going to sort of let the natural – um, you know, look kind of, kind of hopefully shine through. So well, that the, lighting, definitely... the lighting's really good in your pictures. I, I'm assuming you just knew where to stand in the gym because it looked all the definition came right out pretty good. Yeah, I had this um, these like lights that I got from uh, IKEA, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a, a yellow, blue, and green light. And I sort of had it up in the corner and kind of reflecting it off, so it kind of gave a little bit more, let my skin tone. Um, calmed down a little bit, and of course, when I took the before pictures, I was standing in direct sunlight, mm. so I got I got the full pasty self. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, no, your afters are really good. So, yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, um, well, where are we going then? Okay, so this is a question I have, mm-hmm. and I don't know if um, I don't know. Did I even answer your last question? I, I mean, 
I believe so. I've been <laughs> like, on such a tear. No, you did. You said basically, how could I go back and uh, and find it. out yeah. and relive it? And I wouldn't recommend anybody get on steroids just to, you know, just to experiment with that. It was just a just a thought I had when well, I when okay, I Okay, the only other thing I can say is before I started ever using them, and years later after I'd been off for a while, I had got all the way back down to the same body weight as before. Now I don't have. Video, uh, I don't have. You gotta remember, before I started, there wasn't such thing as cell phones or even like digital cameras, really. So it's not like it was. You know, like nowadays, people, why didn't you take a picture? Like, well, because back yeah, then, you had so to, easy, like, yeah, I didn't have like, my my Kodak. You yeah, know, and me. I didn't send them and get them developed. Like literally, right. like, that's what it would have been. So there just wasn't a lot of pictures. I wish I had pictures from when I was my heaviest and stuff. But I, I can say that I ended up all the way back down to the same body weight as before I started. Now I I don't know what it the difference in the look or the composition because yeah. I wasn't into any of this stuff. I was just a kid and it was like, it's not like I did DEXA scans back. All of that stuff's like now, right. you know what I mean? So, so the crudest example of just body weight and strength, I was more or less similar strength and body weight as I was before. And that was yeah. years, years later. So, um, how many years later? That's almost 10 years later. So if I go all the way back down to the same body weight, more or less the same strength, as crude of the measurements as those are, I can only assume that I'm more or less looked the same as from before. Otherwise, how did I get get all the way back down to the same weight and same strength? Uh, you know, and but then who knows? Maybe maybe I didn't look exactly the same. I I don't have I don't have any picture evidence like a good in these type of pictures. Yeah, there's like pictures of me just wearing clothes, but we all sure. kind of, you know at, at 185 versus 185 ten years later in a shirt, I look exactly the same. And okay. ironically Fair now, enough. and it's funny that's the weight 185. And now I'm yeah. 185 again, but in my final pick, you know what I mean. So over yeah, time, yeah, I know, the I know, I can't, I can't get off of 150 no matter how hard I try. So yeah, well, you're I'm, not, gonna, you're, you may, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 40 years old. It's like I'm not gonna, I'm yeah. not gonna get much bigger. So no, and you might be able to, you might be able to add size to your shoulders, which may barely even translate into body weight per se. Like we don't even know. Yeah, but you're you're close. You're close to your potential. Let's say. Yeah, yeah, I'm as close as I've ever been. Okay, so what's, sure. your, what's your next question then? So my next question is, and um, this is more of a diet question, and it's, a, it's an eat, stop, question. I don't know if um, you know um, if it's something that you want to take on, or I mean, I'll ask it, and you can say, look, this is a, this is a peel-on thing, and we can leave it at that. But um, it's kind of something, you know. Obviously, as a trainer, I'm, I'm very much into nutrition, and, and I love everything on um, that Brad writes. I think he's he's very intuitive, and and all of this stuff about fasting has been. It's been great. I, I noticed it's working really well um, for males. Um, for females, I'm not so sure if it, if it translates as well. There's, you know, hormone issues that come into play, so on and so forth. But my main question is, is that, um, sorry, I live close to the airport, so you might get some no, I can't hear anything. plain noise. Um, the main question is, is that in the, in the book, he states very clearly that a, that a, that a calorie is a calorie, it, it you know it, it raises the temperature of uh, uh, of a uh, gram of water one degree Celsius that's a calorie you know like it or love it like it or hate it that's what it is yeah and calories in calories out equals weight loss yeah end of discussion mm-hmm. and so you know I've been definitely standing by that and also as as far as you know being able to lose my own percentage of body fat and 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 um experimenting with it, I've seen some results. And I've also seen results with clients. But the more I think about it, the more I start to think maybe that isn't so much um, total truth. 
And so what, I was kind of like going from what standpoint? From from a from so um, a calorie is a calorie is a physics standpoint. Yeah. To say that you know it it will heat a gram of water one degree is physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot deny it is is a unit of measure. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But from a biological standpoint, do we still say a calorie is a calorie when you consider that the macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, and fats all work differently in the body? and differently for every individual person when you take into consideration individual differences. Yeah, so can but, we still- yeah, yeah, but all you're getting so where you what you're really where you're really headed with this question is it it's still okay, so fine. There's 100 different people with 100 different beta metabolic rates. But it's they still have their limit to what they can eat and they go above it and they gain. There's just there's no denying that and they still have the go below it and they lose. So that's it. That's all the story is. And it doesn't matter yeah, some people may. Uh, well, here's here's the here's the the fear that I that I fall into, and that I some of my my clients I get a little nervous about. Uh, specifically, um, I had I had taken on a new client, and um, and I started right in because he was probably about thirty pounds overweight, and then I started right in with like, look, you need to start reducing the amount of food that you intake. Make sure you're keeping um, good with your protein because you're going to need that for muscle building, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But you know, I want to start out with the high glycemic carbohydrates, the sugars, so on and so forth. I want to start. You know, eliminating those little by little so that we can start rethinking how you're going to be eating from now on. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he was cool with it, and he went and he signed on to Weight Watchers. And I had a, another client, too, that got wonderful results from using Weight Watchers. She lost uh, um, almost 90 pounds. And that's essentially just and calorie counting, right? That's all it is. It's literally you get a certain amount of numbers, uh, a certain number of food that you can eat, and each Food represents a number, right? Yeah, so, so they just switch like, calories to points or numbers. Basically. Right? Either way, system. they're still counting. Okay. Either way. And so he came back, and I'm like, so what did you eat yesterday? And he's like, oh, for lunch, you know, I had a cup of yogurt and um, a boiled egg or something. I was like, oh, that's good. And so what did you have for, you know, for breakfast? And, and what did you have for lunch? He's like, well, I went to Taco Bell. And I'm like, what do you mean you went to Taco Bell? He's like, yeah, you can go to Taco Bell. I'm like, you can go to Taco Bell? He's like, yeah, it's in the Weight Watchers menu. I'm like, yeah, but nutritionally, it's complete sabotage. I mean, why would you do that to yourself? He's like, I just want to talk about it, and it's okay, because it's in the diet, or it's, it's in the menu. He's like, but you can only eat so much, because it's, gonna, it's got a really high number to it. And I'm like, so you're telling me that based on that, you could potentially live on fast food? Oh, 100%. He's like, yeah, you could. So that's where I start going like, all right, well, you might lose weight. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> let's start listing the litany of things that you're going to be leaving yourself prone to. Uh, hang on. Stop right there. You can't tease out nutritional quality or what it'll do from how many calories you're eating. Okay, so there's the rub. That's the rub. So if you are, and have you listened to the podcast that I did with Mark Hobb, the Twinkie Diet guy? I did not, but oh, I, you, I'm definitely You've got to listen to that. It's in Immersion. It's an uncensored podcast. We basically okay. came to the conclusion that it doesn't matter how much you eat. If you're in a deficit, all your health parameters improve across the board. And he just ate food out of a vending machine. So he didn't even just do anything goes. like with the. Are you serious? He ate food out of a vending machine? Yeah, yeah. Like, for instance, the diet I wrote, or my, my expanded diet philosophy beyond Adonis, is was the anything goes diet. And all it is is just... All other health, it all is everything is trumped. The food choices, everything is trumped by total. So if you are in it, if you're actively in a caloric deficit and you're actively losing weight, that's the 
your blood levels of, of lipids and glucose, everything will be look as good as possible at that moment, and it won't matter what you're eating. And so to prove his point, he went 10 weeks eating not just anything, because with, with my philosophy, it's anything as long as your cal- calories are in, in in line. In check. Yeah, so anything means all kinds of stuff. It means lots of good things. Yeah, you throw in some sweets, you throw in some high fat, but you, you just everything, right? Just anything you want. Yeah. There's, there's no particular attention. He went way over, and he was like, he only ate things that were in the vending machine outside of his office. So like chocolate bars and, you know, those cupcakes and stuff like that. He did that for 10 weeks, lost 27 pounds. His blood pressure dropped. His his uh, good cholesterol went up. His bad cholesterol went down. His triglycerides went down. And, and it was like impressive changes, not a little bit. Like That's those crazy. Things, well, no, it's not because... Everything is related to body weight. That's it. Everything's related to body weight. So where did he get his protein from? Uh, I can't remember. He got he got he, yeah. he hit his RDA of protein. I think he might have even got it just out of shakes. Like somehow he got the protein in, but his food yeah. like and he restricted himself so badly. Like he didn't even eat he, you know, or he had a can of vegetables. It was like really, it was really That's bad. Insane. It's oh, just, I know. I know. I'm, I'm very, very. I cannot wait to listen to this. But podcast. he's proving a point. Oh, you'll love know. the podcast. And we even arrived yeah. at we even arrived at the reason why in the academic structure, testing yeah. what he did on more people won't even it won't ever get research approval. So we'll never actually have a nice, well done study. <laughs> right. Nobody no. would be crazy enough to get but, money. But but it's that. not dangerous. The thing is, there's a taboo around it. There's just this taboo. Yeah. And what's even worse is. Half of the North American population is eating that way, anyways, and that's how they're all getting yeah. morbidly obese. So it's not like we're but doing. It's not but like they're being told that it's horrible. That that's a horrible thing. But, but they're consuming way, no, way. They're over just. But the, the thing is, intake. well, Mike, the thing is, the amount we're eating is trumping any amount of any ratioing we could do. Like if you're overeating a yeah. thousand calories a day, it doesn't matter if it's all organic, locally grown, sure. grass fed, anything. It's still a thousand too much. But if you Agreed, if, yeah. if you're 250 in a deficit, it doesn't matter what it is. You're in a deficit. That Even if you're eating chocolate bars all day long, doesn't matter because you're burning everything you ate plus some fat, right? Wow. Like you're, you're using up every ounce of the food you ate. On top of that, you're burnt. You're digging yeah. in a little bit of body fat. By definition, if I'm, if yeah. if you're in a deficit. Now the the kicker is it's really hard to be in a deficit on those foods because those foods, A, are high caloric density. So yeah. a thousand, 2,000 calories of that food goes by in a flash. Like you don't even feel like you've eaten. And, sure. And on top of that, from a psychological neurochemical standpoint, those foods beget you wanting to eat more of those foods. So – it's right. all. It's all. I, it's it's sort of all above the neck. It's all stuff going on in your brain and at the at the satiety and at the wanting and at the craving level that yeah. those foods become quote bad and they there there's a thing they're called Moorish. They even they they just make you want to have more. That's a that's a term Moorish foods. <laughs> no, it sure. actually it is in the research. So yeah. so it's not. So I say it's all neck up stuff. Junk food is all neck up, meaning it's all in your brain. Like. Can you really stop at one potato chip or, or one handful? Can you really, can you really just have a burger and not the fries and the coke and then the dessert that go? Can you really stop? Um, most people can't. But like your friend, like the guy you said, the guy you're training, who said, yeah, he goes to Taco Bell, but as long as he's within his budget and as long as you can control it, you're good to go. And we have data, and some of our past contest winners, a lot of them follow that philosophy, and they've sent me blood work, and they all get, it all gets better. So we have this myth that there's the healthy way to eat, but that's actually that that's a myth. It's 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 the healthy amount to eat combined with the healthy body fat level you're at 
then when yeah. you put those two together, yeah, then you can mess around with like maybe you should have less less additives yeah. in your food. Like it, it, that, the long term strategy is like put foods in and out that kind of serve your purpose better. But it's not. It's so trumped by total. Like if you're overeating, because I'm it even thinking matter. like as far as you know, if you're you know an avid um, person who you, you love to work out, like I do, um, you know the thermogenic quality of food I would think would would come into play eventually like I wouldn't have the energy to go in and lift you know going after my I don't know if I'm doing five sets of five say or something like that I'm gonna lift heavy I just couldn't imagine that I would have the energy to be able to do that and not only that but would I have the the recovery um nutrition you know afterward if I was just living out of a you know, vending machine. I just it just blows my mind. But I'm well, I'm not I'm not saying that that it's wrong. I'm I'm now I'm going to definitely eat um read sorry the uh, anything goes diet. I haven't read it yet, but now oh, yeah, I'm absolutely that, yeah. going to and, yeah and, and absolutely to, and really listen to the interview with Hob. It, it it's revealing. How, I will how he write that down. It. Um, it's in you've got it in, in, with immersion, so you, you'll be it's able in to the see. immersion, but it's with Hob interview with Hob. Yeah, the Twinkie diet. You, you'll see. It, we just posted the it. Twinkie diet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, he was he was infamous for that. The the, the Twinkie diet guy. But um, yeah, it's oh it's, my gosh. The, it's it's um, it, probably not the be- like it's not the greatest way to eat, but nobody eats that way. Like, right? You can but have a variety of foods. Experiment. Oh, right. he went to the extreme. He went to the extreme <laughs> to prove a point. So. Everyone's going to arrive at some sort of middle ground that that they have a healthy mix of of what yeah. is otherwise called bad food and then what's otherwise yeah. good food and then and and but there's no point in fighting it because that's how we're all going to be. We're going to have some mix and some people's will be a little bit more weighted to more of quote the bad stuff and other people's will be weighted a little bit more the other way. But either way, all of it's trumped by total. Like if you're over, it's irrelevant, and if you're under. You'll lose, like you'll lose, and then from there, it's just what suits your, what suits your sort of metabolic sure. signature. So, um, so to to piggyback off of that, um, now have have you had a lot of women do this? Oh yeah, totally. And and as, as I have older women, I mean, I'm I'm trying to go into like the hormone, um, you know, thyroid and and yeah, you know, that that's things more like that. person to person. Like some women, yeah, yeah. and then we, we on the women's side. We um, they share stuff in the community on the Venus community and yeah and some of them who have there's a few who've had a thyroid issue again and then women are very specific because I don't know if people listening really realize that but pregnancy can a certain percentage of women metabolically things go haywire after pregnancy and they never seem to really get come back I don't know if that's part of what you're thinking of but I know that it like thyroid can be changed. And if not temporarily, sometimes permanently from pregnancy, so can like, you know, gestational diabetes can lead to like permanent some diabetic problems. Right. You know, there are things that happen to a woman's body that like we, I guess, fortunately, just don't doesn't happen to us. So they have that right. one level of complexity. Then at menopause, they have a second level of complexity where things can change again. So they have two or three hits in life where. You're right. Things like thyroid can go a little bit weird. Yeah, and if they're not getting their good fats, and you know, um, if yeah, they're they, not main there's certain things they things may like need that. to pay attention to. That yeah, yeah. They, there's almost like there's maybe a bit more volatility with them through their life cycle. That there's a little bit more you can do with them. But in general, yeah. all of our transformation winners just followed this same pattern. They stuck to their calories. They had their protein total, and then anything went after that, and they all did well. Wow. And a lot of them fasted. A lot of them, like Eat Stop Eats, like. 
I'd say 85% of our transformation winners did eat, stop, eat. Wow. So, and cool. I mean, and everyone finds their, their number, right? Some of them it's 24 hours. Some of them 24 hours is just too long. So they pull it back to like 18 or 16. Some of them, yeah. some of them don't feel like 24 is a real fast. They want to do a 36, like literally uh, they want one full day, including both sleeps. Like they want to wake up, not eat, go to sleep, not eat, huh. then wake up again. You know what I mean? Cause like yeah, yeah. when you eat, stop, eat, you do technically eat every single day. So some of them are yeah. like, yeah, that just almost feels like cheating. They're like, I didn't really take one day off. So they like, like to have the full day off um so there's a range anywhere between 36 to 16 hours and then people all land at a number that seems to work for them and um, i could have went a lot longer but i i really i'm still stuck in my head a little bit about that idea of feeling um thin mm. Mm. so it was it was kind of I, I did the 24 hours like i i haven't been actually I've, I've still been fasting as far as the daily fast is concerned i haven't been doing any more 24 hour but I'm at about 148, 150 now, so I'm not really feeling like I really need to. But um, when I was, it was really still hard for me not to feel like I was just getting skinnier and skinnier, which has always been an issue for me my whole life. So That's it, surprising because you look above, bigger. Above the neck. You look bigger. Yeah, it's an above-the-neck thing. And you look bigger in yeah. your after pictures, so I don't – Yeah. You don't. I would it's never just, perceive you as skinny, like – it's a trip. I don't, maybe because I spend all day in the gym and I'm looking at myself in the mirror at several different angles and it's like, oh, I don't like this angle. Oh my god, I'm going. You know, it's just my own stupid psychological. You know. Yeah, we all have to deal with it. Yeah, I didn't even think about yeah. that. You're in a gym all day. There's mirrors everywhere all day. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. That's all you do is you look up and you say, oh, there I am again. Oh, there I am again. Oh, there. You know. Yeah. Oh, my arms don't look as big in this mirror as they do over in that. You know. Yeah. yeah. I so- eventually had to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to look in the mirror. I've also noticed, too, that sometimes when I don't look in the mirror and I, I do sets or whatever, I usually get a better pump than when I do look in the mirror. That's a, I guess that's a whole other topic. To well, but that's on. interesting because some people we teach look in the mirror and get, like, to establish a mind-muscle connection. But I guess somebody in your position, it, like you said, you can do it. Just don't look in the mirror. Yeah, it, whatever works for you. Yeah. I guess that's like, a, that's like getting all the way to the end, I guess. Like that's transcending even needing the mirror anymore. Right. Well, the mirror is for form, obviously, but then sometimes I've noticed, like, I'll be, you know, say, I don't know, some dumbbell curls, right? I'm doing dumbbell curls, and, and you, do, I mean, do you really need to check your form doing dumbbell curls? I mean, how bad can it get, right? No, it, it's I, pretty bad. I, no, I think part of it's the mind-muscle connection and whether or not you want to watch the muscle contract or you look right. away from the mirror which forces you 100% to just feel it because you can't see it. Focus it, yeah. yeah. Focus it I mean, and that's feel it. One thing... Then what I'll start doing is like I'll look at my chest or then I'm looking at my face oh, and right. then I'm looking yeah. at, yeah. you know, and then I get slightly distracted off of it and then it's like, oh, wait, now I just got to get to 13 and I'm no longer, you know, the motor units aren't, you know, firing away as optimally as they possibly yeah, can Yeah, because be, now you're not you even... Know? You're not even using the mirror for whatever it could do. Is yeah, even the central nervous system. system isn't even locked in at this point. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm off on something completely well, different. Yeah, and that's interesting because when we did powerlifting, we, we, always, we never looked at a mirror because I never competed. But one of the things is when you compete, you're looking at a crowd. You're not looking at yourself. And right. to get it right, you want to feel the muscle, not look at it. So all yes. the training was done not facing the mirror, which forces you to think from the muscle. You can't. There's nothing else to do. You can't look at anything. So... That that's that, that is one way to, to force yourself to develop that that like really intense contractions to not look at it and and it to, seems like the more that I that I have been um you know working out and 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 using your um, program the more I'm like I don't I don't even want to check into the mirror mm, mm. so it becomes more of a distraction than anything else 
Okay, well, um, okay, where are we going here? You got like some closing thoughts then, I guess, or <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, like advice well, for guys, guess, like yeah. Um, I guess the, the the main advice would, and it's something I think you guys have always um, talked about too. But you know, and, and as far as a trainer is concerned, and some of the, the mistakes that I see a lot happening, um, make sure that you're doing the warm up. I think it's 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 vital. Even though it might get, sometimes I, you know, just got done training a client or something, and it's like now I got to do my workout, and I kind of want to skip the warm up and just get on with it. And so it's like, no, I, you know, really, really get the motor units, you know, starting in and get your get your mind into it. So and definitely um, stretch afterwards too. I think that goes into um, a play a lot as far as the fascia is concerned, and and um, you know soreness and so on and so forth. And it's something that I really never paid much attention to, but now. You know the foam rollers becoming one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and um, and also um, a big thing too is that if you feel like, you know, say you're doing I don't know five sets of thirteen of whatever it is overhead presses or something like that, you know, if you really feel like you could do another six or seven of them, then you got to jump the weights up. Yeah, you got to constantly keep putting more and you know pressure, you know, um, more stress on the muscle if you want to see some real gains happen. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess other than that, you know, stick with the program um, and, uh, you know, give it what you got when you're in there. Focus on what you're there to do. Try not to get distracted and uh, get it done. All right, man. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's as good as I could say it. So, well, let, let's Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a guy. I feel like we could keep going, but we should this has to come to an end. I know. I could, I, could, I could talk a lot, but I don't want to take up. It. It, it'll start getting kind of boring and, yeah. you know, well, maybe not, that, maybe not for us. But uh, yeah, yeah let's, let's leave it there. So I think yeah, that was pretty good. That was a great call, and uh, congratulations yeah. on, on your placing and your final condition. So for Mike DeGood, I'm John Barber, and that's your Adonis Index podcast. <laughs>